this is like as bad as it got was it's like running is the only thing I have. You know, I, I, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my family, my friends, yourself, myself with God, with everything was fucking thrown away because I'm all in on running. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast, Pipe Dream Etiquette. Today we've got a little bit of a different episode. This is part five of the Understanding Matt Soroki series. Here we're going to be talking about college and um, beyond. Yeah. So yeah. so, um, Welcome back, Matt. Thank you for having me, Xavier. It's great to be here. <laughs> I just got back from a Las Vegas trip. Mm-hmm. Saw some friends. We got, um, we got the, this story unfolding current time. yeah this in real time <laughs> huge changes are being made to the story so that's pretty wow. cool um, um where do we leave off yeah well i think before we get into it i want to do a bit of a listener disclaimer for okay. this episode this one might not be as fun or as upbeat um, we're gonna go over some serious topics so listener discretion is advised there we go there you have it so we left off I was like kind of lost, you know, living in Flagstaff alone right before mm-hmm. I was going to start at uh, Northern Arizona University mm-hmm. that fall of 2020. So I was like living alone in Flagstaff with, you know, not really any support or friends or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait. So just to backtrack a little bit, mm-hmm. you graduated from high school uh, a couple months early because of COVID. Yeah. This is when the whole pandemic started. You go, you train your heart out for a while. You come back, you train your heart out in Flagstaff. Yeah. You come back, you had a miserable attempt at the mile. Right, yeah. Where you're trying to break four minutes <laughs> in the mile. You invited your friends, family, yeah. everyone, and you end up running 422. Yeah. You go back to Flagstaff and that's... That's where, okay, that's, that's where, where starts. Where okay. Yeah. So since I was like going through my training and trying to see what I could have done better for the mile and stuff. I, you know, came to the conclusion that I didn't have enough speed to break for. And so as I was doing more research, I found out that it's like, you need to be able to run like 148, 149 to, to have the speed to break for. And so I made the decision. I was like, I should just you know, become an 800 runner and, and try and train for the 800. And so as I was living in, in Flagstaff, those months, I was transitioning into doing 800 workouts and 800 training, which I don't know how many people have done 800 workouts at 7,000 feet, but you, you are going to face your demons, you know, every <laughs> session. Um, and not to mention that I was like 18 year old, 18 years old living in Flagstaff by myself, you know, living the dream. that, that is insane. That's like insanity. You know, that's like what, like, imagine if I was a surfer, it'd be like, if I moved to Hawaii and lived out of my van to pursue professional surfing. You know what? Here's the thing. I think in hindsight, we're saying this sounds crazy, but I think if this had worked, this would have been like the you would have been like everyone should just go yeah exactly right so i get it i get where my mentality was at the time it was 
when I say like, I did everything I could, that's not a figure of speech when I say it. Completely literal. It's completely literal. I did every legal. I never <laughs> took any performance enhancing drugs, God forbid. Um, but you. yeah, we'll get in, into like doing everything I can later. So Okay, so what was kind of the, what happened? What was the result of this like yeah. summer of kind of solo grinding? Yeah, so I mean, as I mentioned last episode, I was like very lost and, and I was visiting Vegas all the time, you know, trying to see my friends and, and still trying to like have a relationship with Hope to where it was, she had a boyfriend at this time too. So it was like tough for me to, to visit, even though like, you want to see them it's just it's hard when you do so you're kind of in a lose-lose situation and on top of that it's like all i have all i felt like i had was running okay wait let me interject i think what what it sounds like it was difficult was that it was seeing change maybe because here you are experiencing everything else separately you're coming back to your hometown and everything's slowly changing, right? right. Like, I, I think we almost have that, I guess, idea, which is like, you you want to come back and have those kind of things be the same. Yeah. And I think one of those kind of things that change your view of, I guess, the world and kind of your general perception is that things change without you there. Yeah. Which is such like an obvious statement, but, but it's so weird to like... Until you're in it. Until you're know? in it. Until you've like been in Flagstaff for a while and then you come back and it's like... My friends have made new friends. Right. It's uh, there's they've experienced things without me. You know yeah. stuff they were talking about they've done. Yeah, and I wasn't there for it. Right, and, and that's, that's probably... the that's exactly right on the dot. Is it's I was so wrapped up in thinking that you know like I was the main character of the story and and everything was revolving around me, which is just another ego thing to think like when I go back everything's going to be the same. But it's not. It's constantly mm -hmm. changing without me. And so... I mean, that in part, I think yeah. that kind of has to do with just, like, maturity. Yeah. Like, I think everyone when they're 14 is, like, the, the world revolves around <laughs> yeah, me. You don't exactly. know. You kind of just don't know. And that, that's part of just, like, that's like growing, growing up. up. Yeah. And so that's a whole nother thing is it felt like I had to grow up and mature a lot sooner than everyone else because I was living alone okay. and because I was like, you know, we talked about this before. It felt like I was serving a higher purpose than everyone else, mm -hmm. which in a sense is true, but it was my <laughs> choice to do it. Uh -huh. You know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's not like I was forced to do any of this. Mm -hmm. um, and my mom and I had a conversation recently about, I, didn't care what anyone else said or thought, you know, I wasn't listening to literally anyone's advice. I was completely doing it my way. You know, I didn't, I didn't care what anyone told me to do or told me I should do. It was, I'm going to move to Flagstaff and I'm going to do this because I want to, I don't care what happens. Um, and, you know, we'll later find out that it's not always a bad thing to take advice from people that have similar experiences. Yeah. Um, and so I was just really struggling mentally around July in Flagstaff. Mm -hmm. And I made the decision to, to come home to Newberry. 
Um, and I was there for a few weeks. I ended up doing a 800 time trial at one of the, uh, at Buena High School in Ventura. Um, and I ended up running like 153.4 solo. So, so that's, yeah, that's pretty legit. That's yeah. So it's not like I was a joke by any means. Um, I was, like I said, it was like a semi-professional time. You know, I was a semi-professional runner. Um, and so I was moving to NAU that August in a few weeks after that, but my parents had moved from, or were moving from Newberry to Ventura to be closer to my dad's work. And there was no reason for us to, to live in Newberry anymore. So, uh, we moved that like August 1st, I think of 2020, we moved to Ventura. And so it's yet another, even though it's only 35 minutes away, it's like yet another move to a new city and a new house with, with new people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like I didn't see, you know, Nico or Jace, but they were, you know, getting ready to go to college too and, and do their own thing. Um, so I'm not sure the exact day that we, I moved to our, to back to Flagstaff to start college, but it, it was sometime late August, I want to say. And so I did have a dorm room, anyone wondering, even though I had a gigantic house there and I had been living there the whole summer, my parents were like, he needs the college experience. And so I got a dorm room. And when I got there, I didn't have a roommate. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So you were living in a double without a roommate? I, well, yeah. So it was, uh, the way it worked is it was just like one room mm-hmm. and two beds okay. and two desks. Okay. Yeah. But I, my roommate dropped out like the last, it was a random roommate, but okay. he dropped out, you know, last minute. Um, did you have to pay more for that? No. So it was like his loss, but. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So you had your entire grandmother's house. Yeah. Like 10 minutes down the block and you were like, let's have the college experience. Right. No, well, I, it wasn't my choice. I wanted to live in the house, but my parents wanted me to live in the dorms. Okay. Um, however, we're right in the heart of COVID education. So no classes are in person the mandates for like social distancing and and mass are really strictly enforced and so even going to the dining hall was like you had to have your mask on at all times until you were eating at the table Mm -hmm. and it's like even if you got up to like go to the bathroom you had to put your mask back on which is like fine um but it just it just made it so much harder the environment there wasn't like the I'm putting up air quotes, college experience. It's by no means was the college experience. It was, which is is a scam. We're alive. Yeah. And so COVID COVID kind of revealed that the college experience is kind of a lie because we still had to pay full tuition and full (laughs) everything to fucking sit at our computers, um, not meeting people, not having anything. And I think I forgot to mention that I had made the decision that I was going to try and and walk on to NAU's cross team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nico was also... Okay, wait, wait. So I want to give some context. Yeah, sure. So we've been referencing NAU, and for any new listeners, that's Northern Arizona University. 
And just to give some reference, I think um, NAU has won five of the six past yeah. Division One NCAA titles. Right. So nationals, they're, I would say at this point, the the best cross-country team in like collegiate history. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Right. And so you're walking on to, I mean, the, in the making of this or in the making or has been partially made yeah. of one of the best college teams ever. Yeah. Right. So and so, um, Nico was obviously the top recruit of our class, our senior <laughs> class. No surprise. To he was the top runner. Um, and he's the only like person I knew in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, I, I reached out one night because I was just sitting in my dorm room alone, and I was like, "Do you want to go get food?" Um, and he was sure. And so after that, I remember that he mentioned he was living in a house with uh three of the other freshman guys and so i was like can i meet your roommates um <laughs> slide in there <laughs> yeah because i needed friends yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And i needed to meet people and uh-huh. we went over to his house and i met you know it, it's i didn't know at the time but those guys like we all bonded right away you know it was like we had known each other for years mm-hmm. um Riley Human, who's from Flagstaff, born and raised there. Uh, Jordan Black, he was from Phoenix. And uh, Santiago Prosser, he was from uh, Anchorage, Alaska. So, and we all had, you know, a pretty diverse group and experience. And it was like, it was just really cool to finally meet people that, you know, they were on the team. But it was kind of the first time that, I you met people crazy enough to to run like you. Yeah, yeah. right. And but it it was even they kind of weren't as into running as I was, okay. and so it was cool to see people that had a good life running balance. Oh you know, yeah, 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 which I hadn't seen because I had been at Newberry, and it's just running. It's yeah. just about running. My whole life was just about running. Uh-huh. So. You know that that semester progressed, and it it definitely felt like my depression was getting worse. Obviously, because okay, wait, wait. so when did you like? Th- this is new. When, when mm-hmm. did you first like kind of feel like you had depression? Yeah, and did you get this diagnosed, or was it kind of just a feeling? Of yeah, like, I don't feel good constantly. Right. This, yeah, this might be something. So I initially, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I had started therapy like two months after I moved to Newberry, you know, because. Oh, so wait, wait, wait. In high school, in high you school, started therapy? Yeah. Okay. So like um, 2019, I had started and I went about, you know, either every two weeks or every three weeks. I can't remember. But um, that summer I had been diagnosed with major depressive disorder um and so i don't know why so wait, wait, wait. that was the summer going into senior year or the summer you graduated summer i graduated okay. so in july i think i got my diagnosis okay. and so i don't know why <laughs> my parents or i thought it would be a good idea for me to go to college in the first place not to mention the fact that when we well, got during there the pandemic. yeah in the pandemic and i didn't have a roommate and so it was like really just setting myself up to, to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point I wasn't on any medication or anything. And um, I didn't have a therapist licensed in Arizona that I was going to. So I was completely just isolated 
running with my feelings, trying to go to Zoom University. Um, and so at some point in the semester, I was like, the dorm sucks. I'm done here. And so I just packed all my shit up and I moved into my grandma's house. Okay. Because the dorm did suck. Um, and I wanted my own bathroom and so, and my yeah. own kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. And there was just no point. I didn't have any friends or anything. So I was like, it's right. It's right there. It's right there. It'd be stupid not to, um, you know, but I, my family was still paying for the dorm room, which okay. was a later thing that we would get into. Cause I didn't tell them that I was moving into the house. Okay. Um, but you know, again, just another silly mistake thing. Just but... a little silly whoopsie. Whoopsies. <laughs> um, okay, so you got your diagnosis last July. Yeah. How does? Well, okay. How does the semester progress? So, so you you moved into this house. How did? How are your grades for the first semester? Yeah, they were doing pretty good at Newberry. At Newberry before you left. So that semester. It was kind of like, oh fuck, I'm in college. I yeah. should actually like <laughs> kind of start caring about school. And so initially, I think I started uh, with a. F I was majoring in finance. I want to say was my first major. Was that poli sci? I thought that no, was no. Poli so that was my my second okay um, ch change. Um, yeah, but initially I was a, a finance major, and I was taking four classes. Um, and, I was and, doing, and running on your and own. And running on my own. And I was doing fine. Um, but it, it just wasn't the academic experience that I was hoping for. Um, so what, were the classes like not rigorous enough or were there not enough resources? I mean, not enough fine. resources um, being on Zoom and sure. not having isolate like one on one with a professor and yeah. not gen eds are tough because you're not interested in, you know, the subject matter per se. Um, you kind of want to like be specific already, but also I wasn't, I didn't give a fuck about school. Like I was only in college to please my parents, you know, because all my siblings went to college and they were all getting their degrees. So I, it kind of felt like I was, kind of forced to go um okay well would you have done something differently if your parents weren't kind of like forcing you to go so i i mentioned that to my parents a while ago i was like i wish you hadn't have pushed a four-year on me um but i also didn't know the other options out there uh -huh. and other paths to take so i don't want to give any spoilers away for like later but we'll just keep like um junior college or, or a community college in the back of our minds okay so i wasn't doing terrible in my classes i, I think i started off with all a's and then at, towards we got the end of the semester the motivation started getting depleted and it, it wasn't the motivation that's getting depleted it yeah. was the depression that was getting worse over. yeah so there, there's a difference there. right but remember that I'm training as an elite 800 runner yeah. through all of this. Um, yeah. And so I did a 400 time trial sometime in either October or November. And I ran 51.9 in Flagstaff. Um, and there's not like a, I don't really know if there's a conversion for that, but that's a it's solid time slight. regardless. Yeah. Um, and then a few days later, I did a 600 
and I ran one twenty one twenty two or three, give or take. That's pretty fast, yeah. yeah. At yeah. altitude. At altitude. Yeah. Um, that's cooking. That's cooking. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because that last one hundred was the most painful experience in running i've had to this day <laughs> really it was That's like it, yeah and so all the <laughs> shit that i've done um it was oxygen debt to its to its peak i if if the race was 25 more meters i would have passed out Nice. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's good. Yeah, that it was it. it was crazy. It was like literally putting your body into shock. Um, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, it was like, like we're just like yeah, yeah it was a great cool. experience. But the thing was, is I was working out every other day. Like okay, so kind of not what you're doing in high school yeah. with the like double workouts every day. But it was like a hard workout every day. Every other day. So did you say we, that was too much, or you yeah. like getting the adequate recovery? So since I was getting faster and and training was getting harder and the workouts were harder than anything I had ever done, it's I was not nearly giving myself enough recovery time, um, and I wasn't. I since I was in college and this was all new and I was depressed. I wasn't really taking care of the little things like I should have. Um, not to mention, you know, diet and and nutrition and hydration sleep. and all this and sleep was a big one um it just because i was training hard doesn't mean that i was seeing the improvement i wanted to well that you i think you should have been seeing yeah because i think one of the things that um i mean i'm going to talk about is that like being depressed and training is like so insanely hard yeah like the actual like physiological response your body has while being depressed yeah makes it like so challenging just to like not not even about the like getting out of bed right and doing that, but like your body just can't repair yeah. and recover and do those normal function it right. just makes doing like any it's gonna reduce your training load by like at right. least 80 percent yeah or 20 percent. and so I didn't know any of that at the time. So I was like, I'm just feeling bad every day just because I'm training hard, not because I, you know, have a chemical imbalance in my brain. Um, but that's just the way I thought. So I got a little like foot semi injury. I remember um, probably the last two months of that semester and, and training was really on and off from there. Um, was it like, did uh, anything nothing to do with the past injury but it's you know putting spikes on and, and running 800 pace or faster every other day is really bad on your body um i mean especially at altitude it it's just harder to recover at altitude as well, well yeah if you can do that and get the proper recovery I you'd mean, be insane you, yeah well if you're doing the correct amount of volume you could probably do that right but if you're doing like if you're doing too much volume and not recovering exactly from it, then course it's not yeah gonna be good so that was just the kind of another breaking point was well now i'm in flagstaff alone in this house um with only a few friends trying to go through my first year of college and i can't do the one thing i want to do which mm -hmm. is run mm -hmm. and so it's obviously the depression is just going to get worse and worse and so when that semester finally ended um and i went home for the winter 
back to Ventura, I finally met with a psychiatrist um, and I got on antidepressants and it was, I went on Zoloft initially, which is like probably the most popular one. Um, and that winter, I, since I was like, well, my 800 seems fine. Now I'm going to train for the 400. So it's just because I was coaching myself too. So there was never just any guidance from anyone. And I was like still in my own world, just not listening to, to anyone's conversations or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was completely like I was in the dark, you know, and I was still, I, I was still planning on going back um, for that second semester. For the spring semester. Yeah. Um, and my parents were like, that is not a good idea. You, you definitely, you know, like, I don't know about that. Um, and my dad wasn't super mad about the dorm thing. Like, I think he kind of, so he found out. Yeah. So I think he kind of got my perspective on it. Um, but I do intend to pay him back one day, dad, if you're listening, (laughs) I will, I will 1000% pay you back. Hopefully Um, he listens. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, okay um well so how did you how do you react was the love effective uh did your symptoms get better so um zoloft did not affect me at all i I felt the same it actually made it worse because one of the side effects was uh for me at least was decreased appetite Mm -hmm. so i was stopped eating pretty much um and that was just you know that sounds rough yeah to have that on top of on top of everything else was just like not getting enough nutrition um so it's like this is really setting up for just such a like implosion yeah such a terrible just like mental state um and still trying to run at an elite level Mm -hmm. so my foot thing kind of subsided and i remember i did like one trip to vegas one or two trips to vegas that winter um and and just same same thing it's like you just go there to to forget everything and and drink and forget all your problems and that's just especially when you're depressed and on antidepressants drinking is like really dangerous um yeah so it was just such it just makes you feel shittier every day that it continues um so were you drinking and on medication yeah so, which is just like not a good thing to do at all. Yeah. The way SSRIs work, um, which I could explain the physiology, but I'd probably put some people to sleep. So, uh, retention's just dropping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, okay. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't ever, yeah, do not. If you're on antidepressants, please don't drink alcohol. Uh, but that's, you know, I was just an 18 year old college kid. Um, but, second semester in AU. I was not gonna live in the dorms and I was um, still trying to kind of make it as a- You're still trying to walk on. Still trying to walk on, but this time I- Running still your life. Yeah, it's still the main reason why I decided to go back to Flagstaff was because running was my life. and you know how we talked about a few episodes ago how you're no longer a person at this point mm-hmm. this is like 
as bad as it got was it's like running is the only thing I have. You know, I, I, my relationship with my parents, my relationship with my family, my friends, yourself, myself with God, with everything was fucking thrown away because I'm all in on running. And once, you know, once I'm finally a, a runner for NAU, then I'll finally be happy and my depression will magically go away, mm-hmm. which is not true. Not how that you works, know? It's, unfortunately. And this is just how it, how it goes, you know, being young and, and not understanding this is it's not about the goal. It's not about getting the girl or, or winning the race or getting the time. It's, it's about living in the moment. And like, I'm going to quote master Ugwe from Kung Fu Panda and some people are going to laugh, but I think it's a great quote is yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. That's good. Yeah. That's a good, good. And yeah. So I like that. It's like, honestly, <laughs> a really good quote to live by but that's just not i didn't figure that out for for so long so mm-hmm. i moved back in january i'm gonna write that on my wall yeah um yeah, honestly <laughs> uh and so this is where i think um this is where we're gonna talk about some like pretty heavy stuff um this second semester at, at nau so I was supposed to um, move into the guy's house, but they had the team had gotten a transfer from Australia. His name was Kang. He was another 800 guy. Mm-hmm. And so he, since I wasn't on the team, he got the spot in the house Ouch. that I was supposed to get. Uh-huh. Um, so I just ended up moving in my, uh, in my grandma's house again. Um, but this time my parents like stocked everything and helped me move in oh, okay. and all that. Okay. But all right okay so so kang had just moved into mm-hmm. the guy's house um and he took the spot i was supposed to have Your which spot. which i get it i wasn't on the team yeah, um yeah. he was which was fine but i think i forgot to mention too is i was hanging out with other members of of the cross team and track team i just wasn't on the team mm-hmm. and so it was kind of awkward for me because i was the only one not on the not team. on the team but like everyone kind of knew me and you know we had parties and stuff and i was hanging out with all of them but it was always just a little bit awkward for me it's kind of that chip on the shoulder like everyone there is like we're here yeah we're, they they can say like oh i i run for NAU. yeah but whereas I you were kind that. of just that like uh well i'm trying and right it's just that little like slight difference that makes so much like yeah. difference and so right? it's like the guys were talking about me to to like coach mike smith and coach cornfield is is they knew who i was mm-hmm. i had helped pace nico through workouts when he was home for the winter so it it's not like they didn't know who i was it's just coach cornfield you never responded to my emails man what's, <laughs> what's that about dude oh geez and, and maybe that's for the best that you didn't respond but um oh. we'll get to that we'll get to that so this is funny this is a actually a pretty funny story um they the guys had a storage closet in their house okay and so i remember talking to riley i was like dude um can i move into your your closet like we could put an air mattress in there and, he, and he's like yeah dude like let's, let's talk to everyone else and so, yeah dude this is the best idea we've had on yeah here. so it was actually like um it was like two feet away nico's room was the only room downstairs 
Um, and so it was like two feet away from his room. And then everyone else's room was upstairs. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just moved an air mattress in there, a <laughs> couple of clothes. Um, and I was like, it was fucking hilarious because I remember we had our Super Bowl party and, uh, and we invited the whole team over yeah. and they're like, and I, I had, I had, the, I took like a test or something. So I came late and I like dropped my stuff off in the closet as I walked in and they're like, dude, cause it was under the stairs too. <laughs> so uh, this, you're living in a hole under they, the stairs. They started calling me Harry Potter because hey, I lived Potter. under the stairs. Um, but I would only, I would only sleep there. Like if I was ever like really lonely at my grandma's house or Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so I was technically living with them, but it was only part time. It was probably like two nights of the week I would spend there. Um, and I was doing, I started doing 400 training. Um, so like I was basically a sprinter. I was trying to lift more, but I remember I was still on, on Zoloft and, um, I wasn't really eating, so I wasn't going to see a lot of muscular development from anything. Do you mean just like the, the physical, yeah. like looking bigger mm-hmm. or like actual, like, uh, like increasing aerobic power and things like uh, that? A little bit of both. It's, I could, I could manage with the endurance side of the 400, but I wasn't seeing really any speed improvement if that makes sense so my anaerobic endurance was fine because i had you know the huge background but um my speed was like the top end yeah like sprint like if you had a sprint for 60 meters it just wasn't there wasn't there um but i was just like too fucking stubborn to (laughs) to see it and again all all the classes were online so i was living in my grandma's house alone for real this time. And there was no human contact with anyone unless I went over to the guy's house. And it's just like the four of them. And so it's just slowly my mental state just deteriorated. Like every day, all I would look forward to was just the run. And it was like completely my life, every decision I made, was about that day's training session. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really just goes back to the to giving everything, everything you have for the sport. Um, and I can fully say that because I even stopped like, cause I was just getting really, really depressed too. I just stopped going to class because it was on my computer. It's like, well, you stopped going to like zoom. Yeah. I stopped going to zooms. I stopped turning in my homework. Um, I, it was, it got really bad. So uh, around in like February, someone in the house got COVID. And so I couldn't even go there for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a two week span where I didn't see another human unless I like went to the grocery store. And so it's like that insane loneliness mixed with everything. Like it felt like I had nothing going for me, you know, Mm -hmm. because like even my running wasn't because I put so much pressure on myself and I had such high hopes for what could happen is that even though I was running fast, it was not the way I imagined it. And so, um, it wasn't quite that you weren't running fast enough. It's just that 
being on the team, it sounds like was part of it. Yeah. But it's just like, I think it kind of didn't have to do with running at some point. I agree, yeah. It at some point was just, it was was bigger than that, which of just like, it could have been anything you were in. It could have been a sport. It could have been like, maybe you were an artist, maybe you were a musician. Yeah. It was just that it was almost, you were using it as an escape. Right. And you were obviously using it as an unhealthy escape. Yeah. Which was like to just get away and maybe feel something yeah. going for runs right. and things like that, which is obviously like a really dark, dangerous yeah. place to be. And so Xavier said it perfectly. It's like going for the run was the only time I felt something during the day was like, that's the only time I felt human almost because I, it's like when I would look in the mirror, when I was just like alone in that cabin is I wouldn't, I was slowly starting to stop recognizing myself and I was like talking to myself. So I was kind of like going crazy almost like a little psychotic and I, I'm sure anyone like actual psychosis. Yeah. And so I think anyone could in that situation could relate is, you know, being alone for, for months on end is it's really just kind of drives you insane almost. And so it, it just like, it got to the point where I was like definitely suicidal. Like, I had been before because of that's just, you know, how it goes with depression. But this time it got like, these were the worst. Like I had a, a plan set up. I had written in my notes. I had gotten my affairs in order. And so um, this is like kind of how, how much running controlled my life was I'm only alive to run. It's like, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, I am not going to kill myself because running feels good. You know, it's like, cause I liked the, how strong I felt when mm-hmm. I was running and I wanted to see the improvement. And so it was, it was the thing that was destroying me was the only thing keeping me alive. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and I, and so I had just really nothing going for me. Right. It, and it and well, it, it felt like that. it felt like it um and so it just like who was i gonna talk to you know and and i started going to counseling at nau but it's like it felt like no one was gonna tell me something that i didn't already feel or like that i didn't, you already, didn't know. already know yeah and so it was to this day i'm not really sure like why I didn't kill myself it's just kind of like because it I just there was like no I had no reason to like stay alive it was honestly because it's like my mom would have been sad that's how I felt at the time um and I remember it like I I called my my mom and I was like I'm gonna finally come home you know i'm giving up and that was to ventura yeah and so it blizzard hit like for three days the day before i was gonna uh go go home and so it was like i was locked in the house for three days and and that i had felt like i had hit rock bottom so many times before that but those three nights were that was like rock bottom I can say to this day, that's like, 
by far the darkest it's ever been for me. And I'm, and I apologize if this was too heavy, but this is kind of like a really important part of the story and like how far I've come and, and what I had to do to get out of that. And so I, I drove home, it was early March, um, of 2021 and it was, I was still technically enrolled in NAU, but I wasn't turning in anything. And so I was like failing all my classes. Um, and, and it's who could have expected me to, you know, pass classes with everything going I on. I mean, at that point, that's one of like, that doesn't matter. It's like, like that's the backseat. Yeah. No one cares. And about so that. I was like, I'm just trying to like, not, you know, I'm like just trying to be alive right now. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't even care about, I kind of like stopped caring about running too. Um, and so I, yeah, I came home and, um, it felt like that was the first good night's sleep I had gotten since I moved to Newberry. When you came back to Ventura? Yeah, that, that first night I came back, it was like, I slept for 14 hours and it felt amazing. It was like, and I, cause I just didn't realize how alone and, and how, how much shit I had been through until I came home and like got to play with my dog and got to see my family. And so it was like, at what point was it too much to running? You know, like at what point did I give too much? You know, it's anyone. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking at this yeah. as an outsider is, did you give too much? Yeah, exactly. And so when no, I, I'm asking you, did you give too much? Yeah. I did. You did. So, yeah. so I just want to, I'll just want to say everything I sacrificed. It's, I give up my Las Vegas house and my life there, you know, that I lived for 17 years. I gave up, you know, the chance at any relationship. I pretty much gave up my whole social life. I gave up my relationship with my family. I gave up my academic career. I gave up my relationship with God. It's like, I gave up everything. And it's just so it's kind of frustrating to look back at it now it's like dude just like be a person you know like you didn't have to do all that much but i'm on this on the same hand i don't think i would have been able to live with myself if i didn't try everything and so I like, wait, wait, literally live with yourself or like, no, I mean like it would okay. all, I would have always questioned if you could have gone back and done better. Yeah. Okay, okay. What if I would have always questioned the what if, and I don't have to do that because I, because of all the shit that I did do. Right. That, that's one pro of it. Um, and so I, I met with my psychiatrist again and I was like, I really need a medication shift. Um, and yeah, I, um, I went on a uh, Paxil and that one definitely like that one helped a lot. Um, and I'm actually still on it to this day, but the, the dose is less. Um, and so um, like I was still trying, I was still running and I was like still trying to like run a fast 400. Um, but it just didn't, I didn't really care anymore. I stopped running without a watch and I stopped taking splits during workouts and stuff. Like I knew the distance I was running, but I wasn't keeping an accurate record. Um, and I was like, I slowly got on to Paxil and I was on it for a while. 
um, the big side effect for me was um, excessive sleeping. And so people, I've heard it with people, the opposite, they get insomnia. For me, it was like sleeping no matter how awake you were. And so from the months of like May to August, all I, my life was just like sleeping and playing video games. That was it because it, it's honestly, that's what I needed to repair my brain and like actually get some serotonin back was that was kind of like my rehab without, you know, going to like a clinic or whatnot, mm -hmm. because I'm sure I definitely would have qualified for that, but I just, you know, I felt safe at, at home and all I had, I, I, um, I was able to medically withdraw from NAU. So I got all W's, um, that spring semester and, um, I'm just really grateful that I was able to do that because, you know, four F's on the transcript wouldn't have looked good. Yeah. And oh, I, boy. yeah, I was like, I think I was still a poli sci major. Right. Um, which is like, why, you know, I still didn't have any job career that I wanted to pursue. Um, which is just like a funny thing, but <sighs> sorry. Um, and so I was, my parents were like, you either need to get a job or go to the community college like sometime in August. And so I was like, you know, fine, I'll just go to Ventura College and, and take a few classes. And I was like, my ego is still so big, even though I was like, even after all, of even that. after all that, I was like, you know, yeah, it's so it's crazy. It's like that's how fucking stubborn I was. I wish I could go back and punch myself in the face, like honestly. Yeah, okay. I um, just, I would have thought with like all the the depression that you have, that your your like self image and your ego would have just plummeted, but I guess not. Right, and so I was barely running, maybe once or twice a week, and I was like still self coaching myself. And my parents were like, "You really should." you know, try and go out for the cross country team or the track team. And I was like, mom, like I was, I was a fucking professional, like no way in hell am I going to run for some community college crusty team? Um, which is like, I had no right to think that way Yeah, because yeah. I was at, you know, my worst shape in quite a few years and yeah, yeah. I had nothing to lose too. So there was just like, why did I still feel like that? And, mm -hmm. and the classes I were taking, is we were still all online. And so it's for at, at uh, VC, you know. I took, I did mix, I was hybrid, but there were a lot yeah, of online. I was all online. Um, and so it was just kind of felt like I was repeating at NAU. It's just like on my computer and, and just like not really caring. Um, but I remember my mom, got lunch with Jace Ashbrenner's mom, uh, my teammate at Newberry. And she was telling her about my situation. And Mrs. Ashbrenner told her about the former coach at Newberry, Coach Martin Maciel, was the head coach at Ventura College. And so um, my mom actually gave Jace's mom my phone number, and then she gave it to Coach Moss. Um and so persistent the bugger yeah. that that mossy oh my gosh so coach moss <laughs> we love him we love him i didn't have um, a i don't know why but i 
for some reason I didn't have a voicemail. So okay. Coach Moss called me 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> 17 times Coach Moss called me. <laughs> and and it's like but we were playing phone tag. Wait, wait, in a row? Well, kind of. And so like I would call him and then he would call me and then I would call him and we just never answered up. So after a while he called my mom. And my mom was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. So it took like two days to get in touch with Coach Moss. Um, oh, and he was like, he's like, hey, Matt, uh, it's, hey, it's Coach Masiel. I was the coach at Newberry the year before you got there. And so Coach Moss was the head coach at Newberry Park High School for 30 years. And my junior year was his last year at Newberry. So I in your junior year you were still yeah, in Las Vegas. I was still in Las Vegas. So just missed him. So yeah, I just year. missed him. And even like when he would come to races and stuff, for some reason it just like never lined up where we met each other. Um and But like you knew of him. Yeah, I knew yeah. of him because the guys would talk about him and, and Jace totally like talked him up like he was the greatest person of all time. And and I remember that conversation with him is like, he was like, do you like, I'm willing to, you know, coach you and, and take a chance. And I was like, Masa, I have nothing to lose. And so I went out for practice just watching um, like some random. Monday I remember morning. that. Yeah. Like the first time I ever met Matt, it was, had the school started? Yeah. I think school, school had started. started. It was like yeah, the second okay. week or something. Yeah. It was the second week. And, um, you know, school started, I just started college. Cool. Woo. Um, not going to go too much into the story, but there's, uh, who was it? Someone was running a workout. It was like, Isaiah Isaiah Alex? Alex, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some people who would, uh, show up early to practice. We had practiced at eight. They'd show up at seven and do the workout so they could get to class on time. And so I remember showing up, Alex and Isaiah, they're ripping a workout. Yeah. And there's someone there next to Coach Moss. We call him Moss. Uh, it's a nickname. Yeah, Mossio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I've been bugging one of my friends to come out and just like come to a practice. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, is that him? And I'm like, nah, he kind of looks different. So I'm walking closer and it's like a tall, skinny dude. I'm like, he's definitely a runner. I don't know who he is, but you know, this is, this is going to be interesting. And so, you know, Matt comes up, he's like, hi, my name's yeah. Matt, like, oh, so on, so on. But I, I remember this, right. and this is where me and Matt, we, like, first Yeah, that first was the meet. first time we met, um, so. and I met everyone else at, at BC, and I remember talking to Moss that day, and I was like, I think this is going to work out. Like, I, I, Moss really believed in me, and honestly, like, that's the the break I needed right there was like I needed someone to take a chance on me um and so I started at VC and I was like I could barely run four miles and like at like 7 30 pace um I was that out of shape and you know those first few weeks back running like trying like seriously training were really tough like I got super bad shin splints um, did you yeah you don't remember that I think I do. A rem- oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. You were like, "Let's go to Camino like every single yeah. day." Yeah. So because I, I yeah I didn't want to run on on hard surface, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's those first few weeks definitely like. But after a while, um, I just like the improvement was 
because I had been there before, so the improvement was like you were just getting back, getting you better. You weren't breaking yeah, in a new territory. Right. You were just getting back to where you were. And so I think the moment in Cross that I knew I was back was um, it was pouring rain, and Moss had me do a different workout than everyone else. So you guys were doing like faster stuff, and I was doing five by mile. Yeah, um, I remember this workout. And so I was like, I remember that pouring rain. I I need to mention and. Uh, Five by mile with a minute rest. Um, and I went 517, 515, 512, uh, 501. And then he split it into two 800s. And we went, it was like 230 and then 220. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. so after that, I was like, and now I had only been running for like two months. And I was like, yeah, I'm back. Like, I, I feel aerobically strong. That was solo and pouring rain. I remember you paced me like the last... 400 of the 800 I yeah I remember and i just ripped by you like yeah, yeah. 100 a, to go we something. had a gnarly workout i don't even remember what it was i think it was probably i've had to guess like 16 by 400 yeah, or something. something like that and we were all done we were cooling down and we're just like and i'm still working yeah out. he's still yeah. working out just like chugging like five flat pace and we're just like all right who's jumping in with that yeah. someone's got to pace it for like 400 of this oh. and we're like looking at each other i'm like Ah, shit, I'll do it. Yeah. And I jump in. I ran a 400 like as fast as I could. And then I'm like going lactic. I pull off and Matt just like sends it another yeah. like twice the distance I just ran. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Oh. So, um, but I still was like psychologically not really there. Like I was definitely improving mentally and I had um, been consistently in therapy. So I was going every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been doing that since, you know, like April of 2021. Uh, and that's just like a thing that helps me. I don't really know if everyone, anyone else, like, I'm sure a lot of people are in therapy, but I would highly recommend it. Um, but anyways, I was like definitely mentally improving and, and, um, but academically I just still wasn't, my head wasn't in it because I was like, I was just happy one to be alive and two to be running past again um yeah and this time this is when like this is when moss kind of like took over as a mentor and less so as a coach because i don't know he kind of just talked to me differently than like anyone else had ever talked to me before um and he and he's really definitely felt like a father figure to me um and he's he's by far you know, the best coach I I've ever had, um, but through them all. And, and, um, I cannot say enough good. I don't have one bad thing to say about coach Moss is, is like, he is, he's probably one of the best humans I've, I've ever met. And, and I hope some people get the chance to talk to him one day, but period. Yeah. I, I got nothing to add to that. That sounds yeah. about right. Because he's so much more than just a cross country coach. It's like, he, definitely he helped me become a person again, you know, cause I, I didn't even see myself as a person for like two years. And, and he helped me just like take a step back and like gave me some fucking perspective. It, it's, he's like, you know, life isn't all about running fast times and it's not all about these races. It's, it's about like the journey and like, who you what your character is Mm -hmm. um and so it's like it's so ironic that 
after all this, I've been through the best high school team to ever run. And I've been with the best collegiate team to ever run. It's, it's like this coach that this random community college community college coach is the one that changed my life. Um, and that's just such a cool thing. Like how life works that way. Um, and you know, that cross season, um, I just had kind of a, I was not like, I wasn't super aerobically fit, but I also had just, I wasn't psychologically really ready to race yet. And so I did run a few races and not nothing like super spectacular or anything. I think I was our number six or seven guy. Um, even though I was like, should have been the one or two. It's just like, I wasn't, I wasn't in the mentality to like race yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of still needed to, to get healthy. And, and cause I, again, I wasn't really, I wasn't doing anything in school. You know, I was barely scraping by and I was like, even then I was like not even happy with my grades. And so I, our community college offered a, um, an excused withdrawal. And so I was like, fuck it, you know, I'll just withdraw again. Wait, was this before the semester ended or after? Before. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, it's like after our state meet, I was like, eh, I kind of, I kind of want a clean slate. And so it's like, I basically took a gap year without taking a gap year in the, in the fucking in the, in the hardest way possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I, I, I did a ton of growth in 2021 it was it was definitely by far the hardest year of my life but it's the one that i developed most um personally and got a ton of maturity and experience and i met a ton of people like the fact that i'm sitting here with xavier and we're interviewing is like it's all because of of just like certain situations that lined up the way they did um and yeah so i think um a good way to end this this episode is starting in january uh, oh winter training yeah winter training okay. so i uh, we had just gotten like what did we get at state 12 so we got 12 at the community college state meet um which is pretty good we definitely wanted better but um i didn't take a day off after i was like ready to because i i my bread and butter is track. So I was like, all right, I need to, uh, I want to focus on that. To be fair, uh, typically like what a lot of people do is they take a one to two weeks off, uh, after every season. And Moss was pretty enthusiastic about just like, just take like a down week, get right back in. Right. Um, and so I was like really excited to start 800 training. And this was also like, um, I decided that I was going to go to uh, EMT school that second semester. And so I um, I signed up for the EMT program at VC and I changed my major to paramedic studies. And I think that's a good started, place to leave it. Started grinding. Started grinding. All right. Well, um, hopefully you guys enjoy that. We'll have to do part six i think part six is is where we're gonna wrap it up because we're at that was january of 2022 and wow yeah that was we're in august basically yeah so 
So yeah, we'll, we'll have one more one more episode after this, and that'll be concluding our understanding Matthew Soroki series. Thanks for listening, guys. Feels weird saying that, but um, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed, and yeah, uh, tune in next week Friday at noon. You know.